Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. NXT champion Carmelo Hayes had his in-ring raw in-ring debut on this week's episode. Is he WWE's next big thing? Let's chat about it. I am Luco in DAD and I'm joined by the professor, the truth, Dan Layton. Welcome to the Rest of the Podcast review of Monday Night Raw. Please, if this is your first time here, press the subscribe button. Give us a little thumbs up to help us in the algorithm. And if you're watching this on demand, leave a comment down below or send us a tweet if you're listening to this on the audio medium. If you're feeling fancy. If you're feeling fancy with your thoughts on this episode of Monday Night Raw. But if you're watching live, get in your ultranets, ultranets. to wrestletalk.com forward slash support we'll read out all of them above the five us dollar amounts coming up later in the show we're also going to be announcing the next two names in this year's jam in the jar on tomorrow here on the rest of podcast channel we will be doing the draw Ooh. for who will be the representatives within the jam in the jar ladder matches uh, as well as the predictions for the L-I-W match mm. for the Jam That Championship between Pete and Tempest. Goodness gracious. Crown an actual undisputed champion yeah. for a change. They're going to be hanging. They're going to have to climb over each other. Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really awkward in the, uh, the Long Arm Pub and Brewery. Yeah. <laughs> also, more on that in a little bit. But first, we are going to kick things off by talking about Carmelo mm. Hayes. So... Hayes and uh, Seth Rollins had a sort of a uh, a little bit of a friendship, some might say, going back to NXT last week. You know, Rollins was talking about how he was defending the championship. Mm -hmm. Carmelo Hayes had his back. Rollins is sort of Hayes' back as well. And uh, Rollins came out for this promo segment. I think we'll do the promo segment first, where he says that, hey, look, NXT champion Carmelo Hayes is at ringside. And he mm -hmm. puts over Carmelo Hayes. And there was an NXT chart, yeah. which I don't think I've heard on Not for Ra a long time. I haven't heard on Raw since 2017. Yeah. So yeah. that was quite a delightful thing. Um, Ronis thanked him for having his back and promotes the Baron Corbin match that's happening tonight on NXT as part of Gold Rush Night 2. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was really... like 
last week's NXT was a massive success for yes. them. Yeah, it was. In terms of the ratings, because they had Rollins wrestling on the show, and that yeah. saw like a massive bump. Uh, you know, comparatively to what NXT usually gets. Mm. So I think them doing some good cross-promotion here, featuring Hayes on yeah. this show, saying, hey, if you tune into NXT tomorrow night, and this is different to them running adverts for NXT. It is, it is, because half the time I skip through those adverts because I can't tell if they're for the USA Network or for the BT, and well, it's just it. whatever. But and even, like... even if, like, USA were running them, it's not the same as no. Seth Rollins coming out and being like, you should watch NXT tomorrow night for X, Y, and Z. And also, there have been reports, obviously, that they are trying to hype NXT as a third brand, not just as a developmental. I have been hearing that since 2015. I know, so I know. I it, with a... I'm, I'm up to year eight of this yeah. promise that it's the third brand. I also personally don't think it should be. Like, whatever, we don't need that. But also, um, it is an interesting then. I think what's different this time is not just like the idea of um, here's the NXT champion, like Kevin Owens was brought up as NXT champion. Um, it's like we have our stars defending their world title on NXT. We have this guy here who's got a big match, and I, I am, as the world champion, I'm putting him over mm. um, kind of thing. So it's a lot more considered than in the past eight years. Um, yeah, I, 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 fair to say. I would say so. I thought this was really, really good, actually, having a, a main roster star mm. telling you why you should be watching NXT tomorrow night, I think, is a really smart thing. And last week, we had Bron Breaker cut a promo, which was super That's interesting, because, right. again, it's a good opportunity to without being called up and making a statement about you being called up and you live and die on this, you're able to go and sort of dip your toe in and try it and yeah. then go back down. And we and we said on the show last week, it wasn't like the greatest thing for Bryn Brockles to come up and just cut this promo backstage. Mm. It was a sort of point of like, huh, yeah. what was the point of that? Mm. So I think this week was like a much better use of, mm. of Carmelo Hayes, um, which we'll get into when we get to the, the match itself. Um, Rollins then called out Balor and noted that he's not 100% after Balor's attack last week, and he won't be 100% at Money in the Bank. Interesting that that was also Cody Rhodes' storyline going into <laughs> uh, Clash of the Champions, or whatever it was called, Night of Champions. And Balor appears, he tries to sneak attack Rollins in the segment to hit him with a chair, but Rollins sort of gets the better of him. Balor eventually takes over and starts targeting his ribs, throwing him into the stairs, throwing him into the table, and he's going to hit him with a chair again when Carmelo Hayes stops him grabs the chair from his hand and it's almost like Rollins and Hayes ran off Balor. Mm, they, were, they were very much sort of like teaming up. I had your back last week. Yeah. I've, I've got your back this again is, yeah. now. So like it, it, it's, it's some kind of like nice, it, it, they're two champions of their respective brands showing some mutual respect yeah. to each other. Yeah. And it led to Finn Balor and Carmelo Hayes having a match on Raw. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting I felt about this match is that this match had kind of two goals, really. Give uh, Balor a win going into the pay-per-view on uh, Saturday because mm -hmm. wins and losses don't matter <laughs> apart from when they do. Apart from when they matter. And I think more importantly, perhaps crucially, point B, showcasing Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. that's Because that I would put money on that this was a lot of people's first time seeing Absolutely. Hayes wrestle a good maybe like 70 75 percent yeah. i don't watch nxt weekly i watch you know the, the their, their star events takeovers battleground anything like that but I, I i tend not to tune into the weekly show um but so as a result i know carmelo hayes but i don't know him that well and i can imagine that i'm not alone in that so mm -hmm. you know there's a few people who will be seeing him for the first time and i think it was a pretty good showing he was great in this match yeah. like he got to do all of his big spots and they were great and they were like there was and it Balor's a really good person to put him with because he, he's going to be able to deliver for carmelo so like 
I think of the springboard tornado DDT, which I just loved, loved because like you know between Cody and Osprey, we're seeing a lot of that kind of springboard move situation. Mm. But there's something about I'm facing the other way to you. The momentum of my springboard DDT takes you over. That as a piece of logic works, which I really like. I loved um, the the sort of Finn is dangling over the ropes and the leg drop. There's a lot of great moves that we're seeing uh, his style. Um, so in that respect, I think it was really good. Yeah. And Balor won clean. There was uh, no shenanigans here. Mm. Balor just hit the coup de gras and he got the win. And you are kind of in a position where I, I, at the end of it, I was like, huh. I think with the benefit of hindsight, I don't think I would have booked this match. Yes. Particularly I... because Carmelo Hayes has an, a championship match tonight. He's defending his title tonight against uh, Baron Corbin. Mm. And this, I suppose, this is when you come into the argument of, well, he's not a real world champion. Like, because you wouldn't have done this to Seth, you wouldn't have done this to Roman, but you can do it to Kamala Hayes because he's not a real yeah, world champion. Yeah, not to be, I mean, I, people don't like it when I do the sports metaphors, but, um, you know, it's like when they're in the FA Cup, when you have like the person who's at the top of League Two facing the person who's at the top of the Premier League. And like, yeah. it's cool if they get a victory and you go, oh my God, they just knocked out the Giants. But like, you don't expect them to win. So I kind of, in, in that sense, if NXT is considered to be the developmental brand, even their champion should be less than yeah, the, the challenger for the championship at the pay-per-view. Absolutely. So makes sense. But there is a championship match tonight that you're trying to sell. You're trying to promote. That's what Rollins was doing in his promo. Yeah. Was promote, telling you to watch that so, match. Yeah, so the question does become, uh, if that's your problem, and you're saying, well, how do we deal with that problem? Well, don't book it. Like It's, it's, it's your choice to put that match together. Um, and as much as I did enjoy the match, it wouldn't have been appropriate for Carmelo Hayes to win but you, you have had him eat a loss on the big TV show before his Exactly. His you, you cannot be pinning Finn Balor here. Yeah. Finn Balor's going for the world title on, on Saturday, so you can't beat him. So then you're like, well, I suppose we've got to be Carmelo Hayes. But, you know, as the, some of the people in the chat here, he is a real champion. Yes, he like, is, yeah. so You shouldn't be pinning your real champions. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's that benefit of hindsight. Maybe don't book the match. Your Maybe turn, book a tag match. Actually, you know what? Yeah, like Seth and Carmelo Hayes versus Finn and, Finn and Priest. Yeah. Oh, Finn and Priest, even. I was Finn. going with Bron Brecker. Oh, actually, and that would also have been, that'd have been really Or even good. Corbin. Or Corbin. Yeah, yeah Corbin. Because Corbin's going for the top tonight. So you could have done... Actually, the tag's a really good idea. Because my other thing was, like, you could have Baron Corbin interfere, cost Carmelo Hayes the match. I embarrassed you before your title match against me. You're now going as a loser. I'm a winner going into mm -hmm. this. And you can also tie that into Finn Balor as well. It's like, well, Balor had help to win this. But Balor's got help in mm. Dominic Mysterio, yep. Damian Priest, yep. and Rhea Ripley. There's every chance that one of those three or all three of them could interfere with Seth and Seth that advantage. You're kind of you're then telling two different narratives mm. based around two different characters. And I don't like a dirty finish, no. But sometimes it works and sometimes it's appropriate, you know. So like if you wanted to do that kind of like interference, or if you just pick a Finn a partner like like a Bron Breaker, say who um, has already lost to Seth or whatever, is is a bit butthurt about it. Yeah, that's the that's your person who can take the pin. You know, yeah. it, this is a made up sport. You can choose. So, That's it. It's like your FA Cup thing is it's it's almost perfect, but also not because it's a legitimate sport. Right? It's a legitimate sport where you know wins and losses are not determined. No, they also matter. They do matter um, on a points level. So I I think the benefit of hindsight probably would say don't book this match, right? Because I don't think this helped NXT and the, the title match tonight. 
I mean, it kind of helped Finn, and you got to, you got to, like, it did help. That's Finn. the thing is, you got, you probably got to give Finn your clean finish. So every time you kind of like come up with a solution, you're like, well, that does this, or well, that does this, well, that does this. And yeah, the the ultimate answer is don't do don't it, do or it. as you suggested, do a better tag match. Yeah, I think I because it's not not to undersell that I thought the match was good. Like I really enjoyed watching it, and in fact, there was a few others on the show tonight where I was like, I'm, I like watching this wrestling, um, and I I liked what we saw of Carmelo Hayes, and ultimately. Ultimately, ultimately, I don't think it hurts Carmelo Hayes when he gets a main roster call up because I do Absolutely think because the question that we're leading with here is is he the next big thing? Is it him? That's it. And that, to, to your point there, this does not like it's not like he's going to come up to the main roster in a year's time. People are like, oh, it's that loser, that guy who lost to Finn Balor. Because the, like no one looks at Walter right. and says he's the guy that lost in thirteen seconds at Survivor Series mm. that one year. Mm. Doesn't mean you should have done it. No. But it does not like there are some people who can overcome these mm. sorts of hurdles, like Karrion Cross could not overcome the hurdle of being beaten on his debut by Jeff Hardy. Right. Like, it, that just massively hurt all of his momentum coming up. And then he got the bad gimmick and then that just really killed him off before he got released, before he got brought back. But there are some people like a Walter because he's a special talent mm. that don't get hurt by this. And I don't think Carmelo Hayes will be hurt by this. I think it hurts the title match tonight in the short term, but in the long term, it doesn't really hurt him as a performer. No. Or as a character within WWE. And yeah, to our sort of talking point at hand, is he the next big thing? Is he really him? I think there's so much upside to him. Like I know yeah. like a lot of people have been singing his praises for the last year or so since the big NXT 2.0 rebrand. I think his partnership with Trick Williams is, is very cool and it's like it's very different within WWE. But he has got a real special aura about him. Mm. When he made his entrance, it was one of those, you're a ready-made guy. Like you right. could be you could be brought up to the main roster next week and you would fit right mm -hmm. in. You don't need another year of developmental to be able to do this. Mm. There's something about the the visual presentation of him. Like even sat you know in ringside, he's got his glasses on. He's a sharp looking guy. He's a handsome guy. He's mm -hmm. got the belt. It's really helpful when someone's got a belt to imagine them with the belt. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't. That yeah. sounds like a silly thing to say, but sometimes it's like. Can I imagine, like, for instance, Eddie Guerrero being the world champion, and then he puts the belt on, and you go, yeah, I can see it. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. something, like, it's it's not a doubting of the person's quality. It's about, see, you, you kind of can't be what you can't see, that kind of thing. Seeing him in this presentation puts him over, and then when you then get a match with him later on, and the moves are that crisp, that delicious, that really nice kind of wrestling yeah, it worked. I think he's, I think he's a, a big star. What's really interesting, though, is also there's a little bit of me that can't help but see NXT as like, you know when you're in, in sixth form, mm -hmm. when you're basically in like, in the UK, you have uh, primary school, then you have secondary school till year 11, then you can leave school if you want to, or you can do optional couple more years. And those two years, you have the year 12s and the year 13s. When you get into year Four. 13, sixth form. sixth form, when you get into year 13, the year 12s who have come and joined you in sixth form, I always look down and I'm like, yeah, you would, you want us, you want on our level. And there's a little part of me that sees him as like, he's a year 12. Do you did, know what I mean? Did you have a, a common room? We did. At school, in your school. Was your common room almost divided in half? Unintent, like not, not deliberately oh, so, deliberately. but they're like the year 12s go onto one side and the year 13s go onto another side. But then when you become the year 13s, you stay on your side because the year 12s are coming in. No, the... see what we oh, had, you you what we had was uh, tables and chairs for one side and comfy chairs on the other. Oh. And the year 13s get the comfy chairs. And if you're a year 12 and you sat on a comfy chair, 
out. Woe be tied. Those year 12 shows. Well, we we kind of took over a corner of our common right. room and we just like plastered it with posters of like yeah. bands or like movies that we were into at the time. Like I basically just ran in printers try, just like printing off posters of the evil Jordan. dead. And uh, uh, no, we wouldn't have done anything like Jordan. <laughs> I think we'd have been, I, I probably would have got in trouble for that. But like I remember, um, because I'm old, you see, folks, using uh, South Park character generators and stuff, and like oh, make, yeah, making yeah. like all of my friends into South Park characters. We printed nice. all those off, and we had like our corner of the room. It was dead cool. And then when we uh, graduated uh, year thirteen, the year twelves, who were then going up into year thirteen, tore it all down. Of course they did. Of course and, they did. No respect. And some of the teachers were really upset about it Aww. because they felt that that should have stayed there and remained so some, there. Yeah, it was erasing you. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, anyway, that's but my, the, the, my, my tangent for that point was that like I do see Carmelo Hayes as like the next thing. He's, the, he's a current year thing. 12. He's a year 12. I, I'm excited to see him enter the, the big, in the same way that I think Bron Breaker is. You look at it as like, oh, the future's in, in good hands kind of thing. Um, but just not yet. You know, just well, not yet. There are, when I watch NXT, there's only like a handful of people that I would say, you're going straight into the main event scene or you really do belong in the main event scene. And that is people like, I th- yeah, I do think Bron Breaker, mm-hmm. Carmelo Hayes is another one. Obviously, there's people like Dragon Lee because he's got like the experience. Like Tyler Bates, yeah. I think, should be because he's got the worldwide experience and things like that. But there aren't like loads of people that would be like, I would instantly bring you up and put you into a main event program. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Hayes is that guy, would? though. I would 100% bring Carmelo Hayes up and be like, let's make an instant main event route of this mm-hmm. guy because I think he does have it. He has got that intangible mm. it factor that cannot be described or cannot be like i i, I don't know but it, it i think he has got whatever it is my only issue with that because i think i think he has got it i think it is him i think you know it, it's it's not just a branding exercise it, it, it is legit when you come in and you go into the main event there's no room for growth right and i feel like it's a problem small p problem of like the current generation of wrestlers who have exceedingly long careers is that say you do your main event program and you win the world title and then you lose the world title where do you go you know do, do you I, fall back down I, but so it's, I it's, like not, the... it's not going into sorry it's not going to main event i'm thinking of like my my best example i always bring up for this like bringing them in as main eventers is the shield right because oh okay they brought the shield in and they just said like these are top guys they are fighting the top guys it's not like they brought them in and were just like, and now they're going to be feuding with, you know, the primetime players. Not really like just feuding with like these lower level guys. Right. They're, they're facing Brian Danielson. They're facing Ryback. They're facing Kane. They're mm. facing John Cena. They're facing the big, they're facing Randy Orton. So you immediately set them up as we are, are told. We are told as a viewer, these are main event players. And okay. that's kind of what I can see you could do it. And they're kind of already doing that. I was going to say, you're right. They kind of are doing that. Putting yeah. him in the ring with Finn Balor, associating him with Seth Rollins. Mm. Like he is a guy you can bring in straight at a main event level. Mm. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Especially I, because I also, I've also talked about, and I will talk about later on in the show, because I actually was quite bored during the Finn, the, the, the Seth stuff. Um, the main event here is currently the tag team and, and then yeah. someone who's wrestling Dominic Mysterio. So like the main event is actually quite a broad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, because um, I was looking up and down like the NXT call-ups that they've done since the draft, and it was like Odyssey Jones, where you know, like wh- whatever happened to that? Yeah, Von Wagner, Zion JD McDonough, JD McDonough. Like, he's, he's had one match. Caden Carter and the other one. Like you know, they've Katana had Katana Chance. Sorry, Katana Chance and the other one. Like they've had their. Kaden, they've had their. You know, maybe it. one or two matches. Well, they were at a party. <laughs> But there are, I feel like we've had a quite a few NXT call-ups that have amounted to, you know, and it's not like, oh, give them time. 
it's been a couple of months mm. and we're not really doing anything with them. That's true. I mean, yeah, this and is we're the doing, we're doing, thing. We're doing more with Hayes and he's not even mm. on the main roster. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is tricky. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But let's see what you have to say about this episode of Monday Night Raw when we get into your Ultra Chat documents. Uh, like you, I cannot... Where's the... There it is. I've got it now. It's okay, folks. I've got the questions. Uh, Matt Hennessy kicks us off here to say, PW Insider said that Vince's fingerprints were all over the show. However, better wrestling experience have also have a good track record for breaking said the 
opposite. Honestly, watching the show, 85% felt like a trip show with 15 having Vince McMahon's fingerprints. Better Wrestling Experience also mentioned before Raw aired that Hayes would be fighting a top name on Raw and that Champa Miz feud would be the catalyst for a Johnny Gargano DIY return. Worked Wrestling also have a good track record and did report KO and Sami Zayn feud, will feud with DIY. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot of those have been sort of on the plans for, for quite some yeah. time. Worked Wrestling have, have been on that. Um, yeah, and PW Insider, it's, it's a funny one because like, you know, there's the PW Insider report that Vince's fingerprints were all over the show, and I think you can feel them a, a lot over this show. Um, but there was also the other reports that they're having meetings. Triple H and Nick Khan are having meetings to try and figure out how to stop it. Figure out how to stop the yeah. the, the Vince interference because it's, it's, it's not. It's probably not needed right now. It's like so. The reports when I read them, I'm like, this is such a toxic environment. This is such a toxic person who can't. Triple H can't tell him no. You know, for fear of getting fired. <laughs> So like, how are any how is any lowly writer supposed to push back? But the, I think the thing is, Fightful uh, in their reporting have said we're basically not going to cover whether or not Vince was involved because at this point Vince is back he's just, and he's, he's just making changes. He's involved now. When you see something like the Raw after Mania or SmackDown last week, where programs had been put in place, things had been set up in advance, Vince comes in, tears it all up, and then we get as a result a, a sort of less good show. Um, that's like, oh, Vince is doing heavy interference here. An average show like this, and I do think this was an average show, or like last week, which was, you know, a perfectly fine show, Vince is going to be interfering. That's just standard. Yeah. So I think looking for Vince's fingerprints is, is kind of like a pointless exercise because they're going to be there. So, and, um, you know, Triple H has learned under Vince. So even if something uh, feels like it's a Triple H or, you know, that, could, that feels like a Vince thing, it could just very well be a Triple H thing because well, you, you pick up bad habits along the way. You were so right. And we were talking about this earlier on about Triple H's booking being planned or whatever. Um, I think yeah, a lot of I, the... I, I made the, the quite bold proclamation <laughs> um, in the office. I do think Triple H is the blandest booker in professional wrestling. Mm. I think that he just books very standard shows i think i think he's up and down i think i've seen some really good stuff i think i've seen some absolutely fine stuff i think the, like i think the majority i would say were absolutely fine yeah like not to you know go over the top i think the big things for me that triple h changed were the sort of presentational elements of yeah, it which are much so better trying to make championships mean a little more mm -hmm. trying to um you know giving giving people their first names back stuff that insults our intelligence i felt like our intelligence was insulted a lot less yeah or giving people back their nxt name so like yeah you no longer do drop your piper niven you're no longer nikki ash you're back to nikki cross exactly or even like okay so this isn't this isn't working we're gonna put you guys together because i remember this like we're gonna get champa back when he's yeah. ready or things like that um rather than just putting it back with the Miz, which yeah. is a good bit of a Vince thing to do. It would have been a Vince thing to do. So it's it's this we're in this weird hybrid zone since I I can't get over enough how gross this hostile takeover was. <laughs> yeah. Like being forced out for some really disgusting alleged activities, having to use company money to allegedly hush up these company activities. And then like you're 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 given a quite a polite retirement and then toxic masculinity takes over and you force your way back on by like hostile take everything and removing people from the board and putting yourself in there like you're in an episode of succession but you wish you were logan roy come on like it's just all ick and it's hard then to then watch the show and think about well is it vince's fingerprints is it triple h's it's just bleh. so i try and just sort of not try not think about think it in that much. context and just yeah. watch the show because it, it unfortunately he's there right yeah and until something catastrophic happens which i don't wish for on any person he's gonna be there for I a while absolutely yeah but I, I think you can clearly tell by these shows triple h has still got the 
final say mm. on things, at least in, in the the most part. I, from what Fightful have said, a lot of the changes are just sort of structural changes to the show, moving some segments around. Yes. You know, like okay, well, let's scrap things up. We'll rip, th- we'll rip up this first half hour and we'll rework this, but then the rest of it kind of stays the same. Mm. And when I I say that I think Triple H is a is a bland booker. I just don't think he does a lot of things that are inspiring on shows. Like this is, this week had really good wrestling up and down the card. You had Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, uh, Ricochet. Mm. You had Walter and Sami Zayn. And you had Carmelo Hayes and Finn Balor. And you had uh, the main events of Cody Rhodes and, and Damian Priest. Like that's e- that's the easy bits. Right. Like you well, this, do, when you, you say know, that's the easy bit. It, that bears fruit in Triple H pay-per-views, which are generally very good. That's and exa- all you need that's to do where there he is excels. put matches together. Exactly. That's where he excels. He's a very good matchmaker. Yeah. But I don't think that he puts together compelling... Te- he doesn't book compelling television. Mm. But he's an excellent matchmaker. Because mm. I think you'd be hard-pressed to book Sami Zayn and Walter in a match, and it's bad. Yeah, and I think I think you can then also look back and see, like, okay, so the women's Royal Rumble that he had a big heavy hand in was... In the first one, I mean, was booked very well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think... The, the shows themselves, the big shows, you get some great moments. And actually, when he says, I'm going to put you in a program with this person, actually a good example of something recently and something from this show that I've actually really enjoyed is Cody and Dominic. I think, you know, I don't think this was part of his plan, but I think he's taken lemons and made lemonade in this particular mm-hmm. program. It's a very simple program, um, executed well in the build, and we'll get to it later on. But um, to to bring it back to the the point that the, what we're really talking about here, which is the Hayes sort of call up, I actually think I don't see this kind of Hayes call up uh, spotlight happening under Vince. I see that as more of a Triple H thing. Triple H and Sean, yeah, certainly, yeah, I, that I can certainly see. Yeah, I mean Hayes losing feels like a that would that right. would have been because the, they i mean the fact that i think they did that when charlotte had like a, a i think she was on before she got called up and she was still in nxt and she had like an nxt title match that was coming up and she got beat by natalia on tv and like that. like on the the sort of monday before the the wednesday nxt mm. match and i remember the time being like why would you do that why would you do it yeah why have you brought her here for that purpose yeah so that feels like a very Vince thing. But the actual putting Carmelo Hayes on TV, that feels like a very much a Triple H mm. thing to do. Mm. Um, uh, last one we'll do from here for now, which is from uh, Tyler Marcus, who said, I'm so excited for Saturday. I will be there live with you guys for both the watch party and Quizzlemania. And I will sing the correct song for my landsman, Walter, when he chops the crap out of Matt Riddle. And very excited, by the way, for this weekend. I know a lot of people here said Bloodlines uh, has been compelling. That is booked by Roman Reigns. This is it. I mean, I think I think the Bloodline is 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 compelling, but it's almost like it exists separately, you know, because yeah. Damage Control hasn't been. Yeah, you know, exa- exactly. Yeah, like and it's he is. Isn't that isn't that much? A, a lot of it is Paul Heyman as well. And like Triple H, let, let's be clear, Triple H is not not involved in the Bloodline storyline. Like he's, he's not got final. Not, he's got final sign. He's not not signing off on it. And and in fact. This is where my my firm, hard belief that the plan was to put the belt on Cody Rhodes exists because the the plotting out to have like, okay, so what we want you to do in this storyline is we want you to get to uh, Kevin at the Rumble, Sammy at Chamber, tag team match for Sammy and Kevin at the uh, WrestleMania. Did that or did that not happen? Like that all happened. I would believe that structure was in place from Triple H kind of thing. That was his grand idea. Go off and book it. So, I trust you with this. I point. think that's what a great promoter does, yeah. uh, which is allow talent to come to you and kind of 
pitch ideas and say like here's something we could do and here's how you could like map it out week to week and then you as the promoter slash the booker to be like okay well let we could do this on this week do this one. maybe we change this and we do this here and you work then with the talents mm. to create a good storyline and that's what they've done with the bloodline and that's why it has been incredible television mm. and, it, and it continues to be incredible television across wwe mm. so uh we are going to get into the main show in just a moment but uh as tyler has just pointed out there or tyre how would you have said that Tyrell? Tyrola. Tyrola? Tyrola Marcus? I do apologize. It's, uh, I'm, I'm bad at reading. Um, we are doing a live watch along for Money in the Bank, which I'm very excited mm. for. Mm. This Saturday, live at the Long Arm. Maybe I'll get the little video playing. Ooh, hello. We can do a little commentary over it, like David uh, Attenborough. Which video is it? Is it this video? It is this video. Yeah, you nailed it. So we will be live here at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in Shoreditch doing a live watch along of Money in the Bank with 150. Uh, Wrestle Talk fans Rabbit in attendance who will be watching the show with us, reacting, joining us for live reactions, and uh, having some fun drinks, buy some cool merchandise mm. if you don't mind. And we'll be doing live Quizzle Quizzlemania Live Two, mm. uh, which fun story, everyone. 15 extra tickets went on sale for that today uh -huh. and sold out in less than an hour. Oh my God. Okay, so, brilliant. So we have not, we've, we've sold this show out twice yeah, and we've, yeah. we've managed to sell out Quizlemania for a second time as well. Look, Amazing. there. And, and I'm thrilled about it, clearly. Um, so I'm going to stop that video promo for a moment now yeah. uh, because we have made the announcement that it is going to be Pete Quinnell versus Tempest for the Gem That's Championship. LIW for life until there's gold on the line. Absolutely. And we announced yesterday the first two entrants into this year's Jam in the Jar, mm -hmm. which was Sullivan and Oliver Davis. The next two entrants into Jam in the Jar are yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Why do you do this every time? I what? Mean, the first time I was what? like, you put my nude on. Like, when, when I asked you for the rumble? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that one, yeah. You, I was nude in that one. I've got my full chest out in that yeah, look one. look at that. Look, it's, <laughs> this is how we're going to get the clicks. <laughs> it is, it is. Look, we're, you know, you're all welcome. <laughs> it's myself and Dan Layton entering into Jam in the Jar, my third Jam in the Jar yeah. entry, looking to make it a three-peat. The, three the final two entrants will be unveiled tomorrow here on the Restop Podcast channel during the prediction mm. stream, uh, or the predictions video, rather, where we will also be assigning wrestlers. Do you have any hopes of who you would like to get? Uh, yeah. Um, and also EO Sky. I would like EO Sky. I would like Becky. Um, I think Becky's, uh, uh, although Becky's touched the briefcase now, so maybe she's not going to win. If I could get EO, I'd be quite pleased about that. And then in the men's, I think it's, it's got to be a Logan. You got to pick her then. Or I wouldn't say no to a Logan Paul. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I need this. I need this because I had a challenge. I had a go at the, the United Champions event at the, at the championship and I, was beaten by one solitary point by a person who isn't even the champion. So um, I need another go, you know? So uh, as a little bit of fun that we're going to do here on the live Ooh. reactions, I had an Ooh. email from someone who was attending the uh, event to say, I just wanted to let you know that I'm unable to attend because I've been surprised with a ticket to Money in the Bank oh as a graduation gift. Amazing. Um, they were very... Congrats on graduating. Absolutely. That's very fun, yeah. yeah. They were very kind to say, "Don't." Uh, I'm not looking for a, a refund on this, but... If someone wants to have, you know, yeah. part my ticket across. Um, fortunately, we can't work it out that way. So we do have to just refund you your ticket. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. But it does mean that live on this very show, there will be one ticket 
available for Money in the Bank. Our Money in the Bank party at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in Shoreditch. Mm. One solitary yeah. ticket. I will let you know when that ticket is available. Yeah. Also, if you're hearing that and go, oh, I'd go with a friend, but I'm nervous about going, come on your own. Because we, we keep saying this. You walk in, that's a very, very welcoming room. Um, you'll have a lot of fun. So you're telling me that there's a possibility here of either selling the show out for a third time <laughs> or taking two sellouts and ending up with one spare ticket <laughs> and ultimately not selling it out. There is a chance that could happen. That's so, so funny. Uh, I'm just quickly up and checking. I'm not refunding the wrong person. Yep. That is right. You see that person's name there? Yeah. Yep. That is. Yep. Yeah. That looks, yep, about, right that looks about right to yep. me. Okay. If you if you get a refund that isn't you, please let me know, yeah. and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll I'll figure you out, and I'll and I'll, I'll sort it out. But that means that issue has now been refunded. If I go to uh, the dashboard, one ticket is currently one available, available for the show. Uh, our moderators will be uh, spamming the uh, link. So you go into that. So if you haven't got your ticket yet to come and see our live watch party at Money in the Bank or for Money in the Bank this weekend at Long Arm Pub and, uh, the pub <gasps> and Brewery. You all right? Yeah, I'll tell you in a second. Carry on, carry on. You sure? Yeah, my mother's just said something. I need to confirm that. No, you, you, you just show. I'll check. Oh, no, I, I saw someone What's mention this in the chat. Well, 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 we'll come up to this very, very shortly. Um, so, yes, uh, I'll just quickly have a refresh. The ticket has not been sold yet. So you still got time everyone. Right, Dan. Um do you want to do you want to just break the news now? <laughs> I'm not going to believe it until I see it. <laughs> it was reported by Variety. <laughs> Kathy Kelly's been moved to Smackdown. Oh no. I'm afraid. I got too thirsty. I thirsted too close to the sun. The, the Variety? The rumors are true. Apparently someone in the chat said Variety have uh, reported that uh Kathy Kelly has been moved to SmackDown and will no longer be part of the Monday and Night she Raw tweeted, broadcasting. See you on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's, we're it's, getting Jackie Redmond, who, who like all the respect to, to Jackie, but you want my Kathy? Yeah, I, Kathy I'm, will now move to SmackDown. I mean, at least she'll be with Dakota Kai. Look, it's I, I, I thought this was a oh, okay. Dan's, Dan's going, everyone. <laughs> everyone, please pe press F uh, for respects in the chat. <laughs> Fine. Anyway. <clears throat> I, I mean, I, I gave the show three out of five spoilers when we get to the end of this, but yeah, I would have, I, yeah. I gave this a minus five stars because it took ninety minutes for Kathy to be on. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and there was no Alpha Academy match either. Oh, if she's going to be on SmackDown as of this Friday, you're going to I, SmackDown I, this Friday. I believe you're, I'm going to SmackDown this Friday. Your dream of taking her out to All Bar One and not being able to get a seat. <laughs> it could still happen, lad. I, I'm telling you, Nando's is the way forward. There's seating upstairs. <laughs> So you could probably get a table at Nando's. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I that I I I mean, you could take it to Five Guys, I guess. Nah, but you can sit down at Nando's. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can sit down at Five Guys. I said it's not, it's not nice, is it? Yeah, a bit bright. N Nando's is nice. Nando's has that dim lighting to sh to hide my paws. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So Nando, I think Nando's is your best. Place. Oh God, that's gutting. Uh, right, this episode of Raw kicked off with Dominic and Rhea in the ring. Dominic getting that uh, local heat because he 
wasn't even able to speak over the booze that he was getting for this. So Rhea spoke for him. This brought out Cody. And then Rhea got booed. That's when you know you're doing well as a heel. When you're Because Rhea gets cheered because she's announced as Rhea Ripley and everyone's exciting. When your heat bleeds over into your other person who's also supposed to, by the way, be a heel. Yep. It works. You know, good, good for them. Uh, so they, Cody Rhodes came out and they had a bit of a, a tete-a-tete. Mm -hmm. And there was some sort of like... Uh, Cody uh, referenced Cat in the Hat. Yeah. Which I found delightful. I, I thought that was really fun. I, I um, So, okay, so not only did Rhea get booed more because of Dom, Cody got cheered more because of Dom as well. And then um, Cody references the Cat in the Hat. The sure quote did. in question is, um, those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. I'm referencing the cat in the hat, and I'm referencing the cat in the hat because you're a child. Yeah. And I scared, scared little, little boy. boy. And I wrote down how I Cody quotes cat in the hat, and I'm like, what the F? And then somehow he makes it work. Why is he like this? How is he able to do this? He's one of the most affable people on the planet. Yeah. Because he I, it was beautifully delivered. Because he said the quote and he said, Do you know who said that? The cat in the hat. The cat in the hat. <laughs> the How are you making this work? Because there was like, you know, 13,000 people in this building that were going like, where do I recognize that from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me at home going like, I've heard oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the cat in the hat. Yeah. yeah. Mike Myers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and actually like him calling him a scared little boy, like genuinely seemed to get to Dom. Not like, yeah. Dom does not allow a lot of things to get to him mm -hmm. because he's, he's dumb, dumb. He's, you know, prison dumb and all this sort of yeah. stuff. But he was genuinely quite rattled and annoyed yeah by the comment of you're a scared little boy and so like even to the point where Cody was like look I'm, I'm offering up a free shot here mm. you keep taking your free pops at me but i'm literally offering you up a chance to come and hit me mm. in face to face and dom doesn't take it mm. dom just walks to the back in fact i think a lot of the like i said earlier on i think the cody and dom stuff all just sort of really worked here uh it's a really simple story which is that dom is sort of in over his head and, and cody's like I'm really irritated by you and I'm going to swat you like a fly, but come on, have a go. Like, you know, I'm going to sort of deal with these things. Do I think Cody should be in a bigger profile match at Money in the Bank? Yes, I think he should be defending his championship. But like, you know, that's not what's happening. So what we're getting, I think is a really solid little um, uh, uh, program here. And later on, we have even more stuff from Don, which I'll talk about when we get there. And from Cody, where I'm like, I'm really enjoying this one little storyline. You're all delivering it really well because Dom is playing that kind of like cocky but deeply insecure mm. heel. Cody can see him, sees right through him, but as the big old baby face that he is, I'm going to back down from this fight just because I think you're, you know, less than me, whatever. It's all going for me. It's, yeah. all, it's all working. And they're across this show as well. Yes. There's a lot yeah. of Dom, a lot of Rhea, and a lot of Cody on this episode of Raw. Uh, our first bit of action was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet. Uh, I've mentioned a few times, I've been really enjoying this triple threat feud with, uh -huh. with Bronson. Ray. Bronson was at ringside and kind of like, he didn't really get involved, but both men were essentially sort of taking him out. And yeah. then he eventually tried to step up and got ejected from uh, from ringside. And I won't say anything about him getting ejected from ringside because I'll get in trouble. Don't worry, I did it in the, uh, the, the edited review. Um, <laughs> I've, I've literally written here, can't wait for him to just come out again. <laughs> but this was very fun action, slightly ruined for me by Kevin Patrick's uh, inane in, in, in commentary, <laughs> like, which is at just one point he went, is this the Matrix we're seeing? Like, Ed, uh, Jerry Lawler made Matrix references with the chick kick back in 2003, and even that was too, oh, too late. Um, is, this, is this the Matrix we're seeing? Oh, hey, dear. Man. Um, 
this was exactly the TV match that I want to see from these two. Like yeah. it, was, it did really well. There was a double kick on the apron that I quite liked. There were some great sequences between them. And in fact, I uh, on the double or nothing. Nope. Uh, fight, fight forever. Nope. Forbidden door. <laughs> yeah. Stream. It Got was in the end. It was late and I was tired. Um, someone asked us in the ultra chats what um, what the, like the ideal matchup is. And for me, I'm like I love a strong style striker versus someone with aerial action. And this is exactly the kind of thing that I like to watch. Um, and yeah, I like they're all they're all setting except for Brunson Reed is not in it, but they're setting things up for the match uh, this on, weekend on Saturday. I liked it, um, uh, and yeah. that sliced bread, by the way, using only the momentum of Ricochet's ninety six abs yeah. was quite something. Uh, and Ricochet got the win with the shooting star press. I was genuinely surprised by that. Um, I, I thought if they were going to do a finish, it would have been Nakamura getting the win. Yeah, I did too. Because I think he's getting quite a big sort of like you know bit of a push. Oh, but the, win and losses don't matter. So <laughs> it's fine. I suppose you're right. Um, the shooting star press is the prettiest move in all of wrestling. So it's interesting to me that Ricochet, who can do anything he wants, his looks a bit stilted. I was like, that was wild. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun little match. Um, we had a clip from earlier in the day of Matt Riddle challenging Gunther, and then he got interviewed where he challenged Gunther. And I was like, well, could have just, we could have done this in one segment, I suppose. I was, there was no need for that. <laughs> and then Imperium attacked Riddle and accepted his challenge we've got a recap of the bloodline from smackdown and then dom and Rhea backstage spoke with adam pierce with dom asking for a match tonight to show to, to show cody rhodes that he's not a scared little boy and to show that he wants to fight someone who's on the same level of quality as him mm. and he's got someone in mind mm. more on that later have you done the, the we got the little money in the bank by the numbers promo i've written here when it comes to money in the bank it's all about the numbers because i got really I, I found it really funny um that at one point they were like only three superstars have successfully successfully cashed in twice one of them was the miz another one of them was edge let's move on before we have to acknowledge <laughs> that cm punk exists and the third one was Somewhere else. Somewhere else. Anyway. <laughs> it, it was a proper, like, I, I you know, we, it's a bit of a running gag in the office. I'm, I referenced this in the, the edited review as well. We have a bit of a running thing in the office of the, uh, for 20 long, 20 years, long 20 years, 20 long years, the warlord held the record. Like, I I think the money in the bank, a the lot Royal of it, Rumble numbers. the Royal Rumble numbers, it all stems from Brian and Vinny's reviews of the, the Rumbles uh, with Brent. And he used to go mad and hated the numbers video. So like there's all you know, like, that's twenty-five big shows, you know, yeah. that sort of nonsense, right? But I kind of got a bit of a kick out of this because this I was a, this was a Royal Rumble. It's all about the numbers, but it was about money in the bank. And it was like, for the women, it's a one hundred percent success rate. We've got a, <laughs> we finally got a gimmick who's got enough history and enough statistics to make another numbers thing work. And I actually the other the other thing about this segment was that um the Money in the Bank briefcase has taken a bit of a battering in the past sort of year or so with women's just being cashed in immediately mm -hmm. and um, the, uh, the, theory. the theory nonsense. Yeah. Um, so they need to like hype it up a little bit more. So I was like, yeah, do you know what? Remind us of, of it actually meaning something. I'm super hyped for the lineup this year's Money in the Bank. Oh, in, yeah. In both matches as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree like, completely. I, the, the men's is the one that I'm most excited for. Mm. I'm really excited for Damien Priest, LA Knight, Butch in his home country. Santos Escobar Santos to show Escobar's off. Escobar's going to be there. Like Ricochet's there to be the Shelton Benjamin yeah. of the match and do the cool flips and, and you know climb up the ladder spots mm. and whatnot. And Logan Paul, I think, is going to be a hell of a lot of I fun in there. I just want Logan Paul and Ricochet to do something off a ladder and hang in the air for about five seconds. Yeah. I think it's going to be uh, great. Yeah. What wasn't great was uh, Ronda Rousey took on Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, they announced that there will be a tag title match at Money in the Bank. Mm -hmm. And then Ronda just very quickly rolled up Raquel and won. Yeah. Um, do you remember when Ronda Rousey felt special? <laughs> 
yeah yeah it was like you know 2019 yeah i think there was that huge like that, that 2018 wrestlemania 34 match was amazing um then the the run was kind of cool it was on a rousey it felt legitimate she felt like a badass it felt like she was really like helping this division by being there there was a lot going on it then led us to that amazing um becky lynch stare down of her in the ring and 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 then and then now she's sort of in the middle of raw on a match to fill some time this is the only women's match on the card as well oh and that that feels like that, that that's that, events that, well i was gonna say triple h you bro. think but have you, have you seen the women's division since trips took over I, i'm not saying it's booked well but he gives them more opportunities i don't know dude i think trips is way worse Do you think so, i mean he was great in nxt but i think his main roster stuff's been pretty i think the, dire. i think the booking Smack, has been smackdown has been a desolate wasteland for for mm. the last year i think the booking has been bad but i think i think there have been matches <laughs> you know well i mean i i cannot deny that shine. there have been matches <laughs> um but yeah this was the only women's match on the card and it, it, it was no good uh also if i could do one single thing just one thing if i could banish the word undisputed from the because at the very least this one it, it it is undisputed these are undisputed and the tank titles are actually undisputed i just don't need to hear the words anymore yeah they've got four different undisputed titles because yeah. there's the women's tag the men's tag the undisputed world uh, the undisputed world championship which apparently now is three belts it's three belts and the women Asuka's women's is undisputed and only two of them are undisputed and even argue you could make the arguable case that the men's undisputed tag team titles aren't undisputed because we have nxt tag team titles yeah so sod off <laughs> so here's a bit of an interesting thing from me um because obviously we talked about the rollins promo already we had a video promo from Finn Balor. Mm -hmm. This was awesome. Yeah. This was. was so, so great. It was. Like, I think they had a really good, because it was Balor like, cutting this promo, being like, you know, oh, Seth, you wanted that guy from seven years ago. Well, he's gone. But what's left is much worse. Mm. And he talks about the whole thing of like, you got bitter and I got better. And Balor's like, yeah, I use that to make myself this this unstoppable, you know, thing. And they used really, really good like recap video footage from 2016 when Balor got the injury. But more to this, and I wonder if that they'd forgotten this had happened because this is the only this is the first time they've brought it up that Rollins passes Balor after he vacates the title, laughing yes, at him. Yes, I forgot about that because Rollins was a heel at that point and Balor was the babyface. And it's so interesting because the laughing is such a part of Rollins' gimmick now. And really what he was doing there was just walking past going like, ha ha ha, I'm a heel. Ha 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 ha, you just got injured and you've had to vacate the mm. title. But it feels like it's so that's tied so... into the character he's doing now. That's, a, that's really perceptive. They've almost brilliantly retrofitted those two of his character. And now you've got you know the flipped reverse because Finn's now the heel and Rollins is now the baby face. And like, I thought... Balor delivered the promo so good. I think this added so much to their feud and their uh, their feud of the match and the story. That's a really perceptive point, actually, because I think my my uh, and it's not mine; it's everyone's really is that this is seven years sort of too late. Like it, it's like you're bringing this up, but you've wrestled each other since. Like there's a lot going on. So I they hadn't really title feud. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of the laughter being so related to this iteration of Seth Rollins, and and I was like, that's really fascinating. Almost the idea as you were saying that was in my head almost the idea that he's been triggered by that in particular like it's not the fact that seth's champion it's the fact that he's walking around laughing at everything and actually like that's i've worked really hard to get 
you know, I had my NXT championship run. I had, I've come back. We've had all the success with the Judgment Day. I need to take this from you now. That's the thing that sparked him off. That's a really, I don't, I don't know that that's what they intended to do, but it's real. That's a really interesting and perceptive thought. Well done, you. Thank you very Gold much. Well, well, thank you kindly. Um, I mean, the thing that interested me is that I thought that video promo was so great, and then Rollins made his entrance, and I was like, oh, I want Finn to be the champ. I do too. I, I was like, because uh, I maybe this is a, a, a particularly hot take, and I know it's not that much of a hot take because Ollie feels way more passionately about this than I do. This is not my favorite version of Seth Rollins. Mm. I'm not as into this character of Seth Rollins as I know other people are. That's just a, a personal thing for me. Like, I, I don't hate it. Like, Ollie just flat out hates yeah, this Yeah, I don't character. hate it. Like, he, he actively cannot stand this version of Seth Rollins. Mm. It's just not for me. But like, I was like, man, Finn's cool. Like, Finn's a really rad dude, and that was a really rad promo. And then Rollins comes out, and I'm like, I don't think you're cool. I like this character. I like the drip. I like the big red boots. I like the... Um, you did like the stompy I boots. I loved the big stompy boots. I loved the WrestleMania he was wearing a sleeping bag. I loved that. Like, I I, I, I do like the character, but it, I wonder if it is because this, weirdly, this promo made me sympathetic in a way towards Finn yeah. Balor that made me go, oh, I do find you quite boring, Seth. There's something about the the, the song's fun. The song's I, the There's, song's fun. I guess if you're live, but sitting at home, I'm like, well, this that, is a long show. Well, that's it because like I I think of the Night of Champions party mm. that we did when everyone everyone, was in, that, it. everyone in the in the long arm uh, was singing it then, and I was like, oh, that's what this is all about. Mm. And I think it'll be fun when you're there in the O2 uh, yes, this coming Saturday and yeah. the long arm with us. But it's not. He I don't find him engaging as a character. Mm. Um, it's so, it's so weird because I did. Yeah, I did. I did well, for yeah. a really long time, and actually, I like that Seth won that belt. You know, I think it was a good a good thing, and I think Seth had a point to prove against. You know, I I actually technically never lost to Roman Reigns, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know, but there is there is something about this particular promo, this one where he came out, where I was just like, I don't, I want to skip past this segment, mm -hmm. and you're the world champ, and that felt weird. But I I prefer, I, I you know, I first say I prefer, uh, I don't dislike this version of Seth uh, as much as I disliked um, 2019 Seth. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. There is there is a spark to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a recap of Champ's return last week, and then he cut a promo about you know he was injured for nine months, and the Miz never called me. I feel like that is like the template. Yeah, they've done that a couple of times. It's, it's for anyone who's returning. That I, this tag partner never called me, or this person never texted me. Terry Runnels did it. That's how she turned on the Hardy Boys in 1999. Mm. Like she said, I the Dudley Boys put me through a table. 2000. Two, excuse me, 2000 peak of wrestling. <laughs> and um, There's no way out 2000, in fact, when she turned on the Hardy Boys. Was there no way out? Because yeah. I have watched it recently, but she basically was like, yeah, I was at the hospital and you never called one time. Mm. This is, a, this is a tale as old as time. You expect the Hardy Boys to go, Terry, no. And it's from Royal Rumble 2000. And anyway, so he just... Oh, yeah. I thought you were singing. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's from the Attitude Era Terry, podcast. no. It's just all... not a place for you. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because she's like, I'm going to go out there for your table smash. And James goes, Terry, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we have an editor called Terry and we say it around the office all the time. <laughs> Terry, no. Anyway, um, so Tommy like points out, I was like, why is Tommaso Ciampa playing second fiddle to The Miz? We were then supposed to get Tommaso Ciampa versus The Miz. Okay. However, The Miz attacked Ciampa before the bell and hit the Skullcrusher finale on the ramp, and the match did not take place. Miz Card Vortex strikes again. Uh, Imperium were chatting backstage, and this time, Zayn and Owens walked up to oh, them. sorry, I will just say, um, because we've been hearing about the idea of Gagana and Gagana, Gagana and Ciampa yeah. um, <laughs> tag teaming yeah. again. Um, Gargano has previous with The Miz, so this is your oh, way yeah, of bringing them back together. Yeah. I think that's where that's going to go. Who does The Miz tag with, though? 
Dexter Loomis, who has turned. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was about to. Odyssey Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Zane and Owens walked up to Imperium. I quite like this from Owens where he walked up and uh, he wasn't quite sure why they were mad right. at, at Imperium. And then Sami Zayn was like, because they attacked Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle's our friend. I don't care about that, do yeah, I? And we, yeah. And he's like, do I care about that? He's like, yeah, Matt Riddle's our friend. He's like, yeah, you're right. I am yeah. mad about that. Yeah. I'm gonna, I think we should beat you guys up. And it set up. Zane versus Gunther for a match tonight. Thank Thumbs you. up from me. Thank you. Dominic Mysterio versus Akira Tezawa was the revelation mm -hmm. of who Dominic handpicked as the person who was on his level. This would have been so great with a better commentator. Okay. Because because I I can I say why I liked it and then you can talk about the commentary that ruined it. Mm -hmm. Because for me. This was really like I didn't I didn't I would probably tune out the commentary at this point, but it's this idea that the heel asks for a tune-up match to show off against the opponent, and then Dom is reminded that actually, and Dom's had this hubris because he's been getting shots in on Cody Rhodes or whatever, and then finds out, oh actually I'm quite rubbish, mm. and Akira Tozawa is actually quite good, so he got some you know decks in and then steals a win. Yeah, um, and I was like, you know, that that's, that's great. Another another part of the storyline that I've really enjoyed, which is that like. You know they're playing these characters. They're very. It's a very simple story. Dominic thinks he's better than he is, and he's just got a reminder. And hopefully at the pay per view he'll get an even bigger one. Yep. Um, so what was so bad about the commentary? Imagine Jim Ross's reaction to this. Oh come on! Like you know right, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or like a Tony Schiavone, babyface yeah. Tony Schiavone, like acknowledging reacting, what he's doing, acknowledging the ludicrousness of. Because Corey Graves is being there as the heel, being like, "This is a very smart choice by Dominic because Akira Tozawa. Look how many twenty-four-seven title reigns there. Yeah, he is twenty or thirty. At 20, least. Yeah, exactly. And he's listing off accomplishments for Akira Tozawa, playing it up in the same way that Jerry the King Lawler would have mm. done, or Bobby the Brain Heenan would have done mm. as, as a heel to be like, "Oh, you know, you're you're yuck, yucking it up with a heel." And so Corey Graves does this, and Kevin Patrick instead says, uh, "Go to ConnorsCure.com to find out more information about ConnorsCure." I'm like, you "Play this up, yeah. like I get that you've got to do these plugs, but maybe don't do it now." Immediately, because I, you as the babyface commentator, should really be putting over how ludicrous all of this is. This should be played up as a real big joke, and that you are supposed to be indignant about this. Mm. And I don't feel any indignation from Kevin Patrick who is a wet flannel yeah. just sat at a commentary desk just saying what he's being told to say. That's it, because, I mean, that that kind of thing, you are fed that by the production team. They're like, and they're queuing up and play, and now Kevin say this thing, and so he has got to say it. But but also then we have the match, and during the match, no. So, I mean, like he says a couple of things here and there, but like I, as I said, like when I think of Jim doing this, yeah. or Tony doing this, mm. or like Mike Tenay doing this, mm. would have really been selling how ludicrous this is. But he was just like, huh, well, I think he probably could have picked someone better. Mm, yeah, I agree. Uh, Viking Raiders got a promo on Alpha Academy, and then we got... All oh, I love Game of Thrones. Sorry. The gods <laughs> have spoken to me. Work. I'm into that stuff. The gods haven't spoken to me in weeks. Yeah, because you keep getting hit by Maxine Dupree. <laughs> I love this. Sorry, just doing a quick refresh. We've sold hey, out for a third time, everyone. Times. Sold out. Uh, give a shout out to AJ Gardner. Yes, AJ. Well done, you. We've sold out our show for a, th a record third time. <laughs> uh, then we had all the Bunny the Bank women standing in a row with Corey Graves. Uh, the SmackDown side of this, Bailey, EO Sky, uh, and Zelina Vega were sort of just shouting over each other and sort of shouting until Trish Stedman was like, "Guys, you're uh, you're acting like children." Yeah, and, she and was, I'm not a child, and I'm not a child, so I'm I'm not going to get involved in this. Um, but then she started cutting a promo on Becky, which I thought was a very funny thing mm. to do. 
And then Becky sort of like goes to say into the microphone, throws it down. A brawl breaks out. Everyone runs wild on this, but it's Becky that stands tall. Becky climbs the ladder. She takes the briefcase down. Now, internet law would say that's a guarantee she is not winning money mm-hmm. in the bank this weekend because no one in the history of WWE who's been filmed on TV before the pay-per-view climbing the ladder and unlocking the briefcase has won money in the bank. Yeah, but they do buy the numbers now, so they need one for next year, so maybe it will be. Oh, <laughs> Becky Lynch is the only, only rest- person. The only the person only who wrestler. was filmed on TV holding yeah. the briefcase before she won it. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how true, mm. you know, it's, it's internet lore, of course. Um, I, I thought the, oh yeah, this is the other bit of uh, bad Kevin Patrick commentary. I had quite a few of those tonight. Because this brawl breaks out, and Kevin was surprised that a fight had broken out. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched the show? Come on, mate. Do you know which company you work for? Come on, dude. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought EO, interestingly, cut very much a babyface promo in this. It is, yeah. Because Bailey was just like, you're all idiots, and anyone who's in this building is an idiot apart from me. I'm not an idiot, and EO Sky's not an idiot either. I'm going to win Money in the Bank, but oh, actually, EO's probably got a really good chance of winning Money in the Bank together, because we're going to work together. But EO Sky cuts a promo that was made the best woman win. Mm. Which is like that kind of cocky arrogance confidence, but not heelish no. confidence. I really liked this segment too. I'm, I'm assuming you like the segment. Oh yeah, very yeah. much so, yeah. I like the segment. I First of all, I love that Becky was dressed as Sporty Spice. <laughs> that <laughs> really... That's what it was. It was an amazing look. What? Like, she came out with this outfit and I was like, where do I recognize this from? Oh, it's 1996. It's, that, let me tell you, that bitch is snatched for the gods. She's looking great. She's very good. Uh, she looked fantastic. Um, and she was kind of giving it the sort of swag. I like that everyone had an opportunity to say something. I think it was, we remember we talked last week about how Becky sort of ran down. She's like, I've got so many enemies in this match. And Lena, I don't even really know her. Like, what's the context? Yeah. And actually, that is almost the way that we as an audience feel about that, which is insofar as like, okay, so it's Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, Bailey and EO. We know we've seen damage control a lot. Zoe Stark, who is a brand new up and comer, but she's already made a statement in this Becky feud. That's a good NXT call up. Exactly. A very good NXT good, call up. Good example. And uh, what I mean of like inserting themselves straight into a into main a, pro- a program with a big star. Yeah, you're right. That's a very good shout. And then Delina Vega, who, yeah, had an incredible moment in Puerto Rico, but really it feels like the outlier in this. So to have the opportunity to say something and to sort of answer that challenge or that charge from Becky was kind of interesting. I liked that a lot. And like then she's sort of holding up the, what we would call in the UK, a flip flop. Yeah. yeah we would, she's holding that up as like, this is my character now. Yeah. 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 This got really over it. In Puerto Rico because they knew what it was. Yeah. But so this, this is now all I'm ever going to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, and, th- and then also the other thing that was then really nice is that, yes, Trish is giving this promo in the very Trish style because she's, Zelina was right. Trish has never had a ladder match. Never had and a ladder match. You might think that makes you nervous, but not Trish Stratus because she's Trish Stratus and she's a woman and she's she's like, not a girl, she's a woman. Not yet a woman. <laughs> she's going to say, you're all going to say thank you, Trish. And then Becky's turn. Becky's turn. We've all had a turn to say some things. And Becky's been walking around chatting away to herself like she's going to zig a zig And then she pulls one back and just launches one of the perfect placement of the microphone to catch Becky's forearm and make it sound like an absolute thud. It just was a really good I th- little segment. I thought this was a great segment. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, uh, this was where our first <laughs> Kathy Kelly appearance, 90 minutes into the show. Come on, you guys. It was our last Kathy Kelly no, appearance on Raw as well. No, we had oh, one you're right, more. Oh, you're right, we had one more. And what a segment it was, but we'll get there. Well, she interviewed Carmelo Hayes, um, who cut a very good promo. And then, uh, this was quite a fun little segment. Backstage, Becky and Rhea Ripley crossed paths. Yes, this was fun. With Becky saying that 
you know, you should be the man around here, but you're just a main event side piece. Mm. And then had this killer line, which is that I don't need the title. The title needs me. Mm. Oh, I thought it was a... Mu- and like, Tell her when she's telling lies. And then I had this, like, this thing, I was like, imagine Becky with the briefcase mm. and like the tormenting she would do to Rhea Ripley. Mm. Oh, there was a... I think having Becky here, the Raquel thing last week, not the Raquel got a great show in this week, but the Raquel thing last week, it's the first time I'm like, some actual challenges for, for Rhea it. Ripley, well, but instead she's having a match with Natalia next week. We've talked about this a bit about Rhea not being a fighting champion and stuff has really sort of filtered out that in fact she's got knee issues and, and they may be taking a flare up and, and so as a result she's sort of mitigating them and recovering from them, and like, which is I think is a good thing. And it's not like she hasn't had presence because I do think main event she's side always piece, on the show, sure, but she elevates. And the, the other reports that the higher-ups are very happy with the Judgment Day in no small part because everyone is playing their part and Rhea, rather than worrying about her own creative, recognizes, you know, I've got to take a little time to recover, so I'm not going to worry about that. Instead, I'm going to keep myself as a star by helping get other people over. Use my heat to help others. Exactly, which is which which for me is the sign of a, a true champion. Like, that's mm-hmm. someone who you want to put the belt on. But Becky said the quiet part out loud, which is that you ain't defending that, right? So don't come here giving me all of this because when I was the champion, I was in the main event every single week. I I made that title, or not that title, I made the title mean something kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, what a spicy little tete And I thought Rhea sold it really well as well. There was a flicker of sort of like, oh, damn, you're right about that. She is going to murderize Natalia next week. Oh my God, you had to take it out on Natalia. I, I like you, I love that we're seeing, I, I do want to see Raquel and Becky, and I do want to see Becky, uh, Rhea and Raquel, and I do want to see Rhea and Becky. What a great little triangle of potential future matches we've got there. Becky lo- looming with the briefcase. That, that's what I mean by like giving the briefcase yep, something. Absolutely. Give it to a, you, you've got the choices either in the, in the men's match, give it to someone who is about to become a main eventer. And the women's match, you could give it to EO Sky, who is a potential main eventer. Or you can give it to someone who is a main eventer and really legitimize that thing. This was a really interesting segment. Uh, Gunther took on Sami Zayn. As you would expect, this was awesome. Oh. Uh, Giovanni Vinci made his return, coming out on crutches. Uh, this was just an excellent professional TV wrestling match. Uh, Sammy kept kicking out. Sammy kept surviving no matter what Gunther threw at him. Sammy kept kicking out uh, until Owen got from the commentary to brawl with Kaiser at ringside. Gunther took out Owens and then Zayn did a flip dive to take out uh, Gunther. And Vinci hit Zayn with the crutch behind the referee's back into a Gunther powerbomb for the win. They really put over that Zayn took the champ to his limits there. Mm. And perhaps if it wasn't for Vinci we might have seen Zayn pick up a win over the IC champ. Mm. I, um, first of all, I loved this match, right? It was great, great match. I want to say that right at the beginning because what I will say is I'd rather not have like 50-50 booking. There is a tag team championship match on Friday, so I want to not, I want to be consistent here and, and, and ding them for having the champs lose, mm-hmm. uh, or one of the champs lose. At least it was a singles match rather than yeah, a tag match. Yeah, I'd rather not see my champs taking pins. I'd rather not have a future booking. But the reality is, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens can take it without suffering. And after a while, I suppose that does build up. But when those losses come in the way that they did, like you say, with the interference, but also after a match like that, like where I'm like, I want to watch that on television. Want to watch it again? I want to watch with, it on pay-per-view. With Kevin Owens. Yeah, Kevin Owens' commentary. commentary was great. I want to see this as a full-on pay-per-view match. And this is a, I remember a few weeks back when I was talking about uh, Night of Champions and 
they were building Gunther and Matt Riddle, and they were mm. thinking, that's actually our story, but also there's this Ali thing that we su- we're supposed to be doing. Mm. And they were sort of like not really, they were spinning plays, but make, making a lot of them drop, mm. and, but focusing on other ones uh, instead. This is one of those ones where it's like, they, they, they did a really good job here. They are telling you, this is the exciting match this weekend. It's Gunther versus Matt Riddle. And here's why you should be excited about this. Matt Riddle making his presence felt at the end of this by running down to make the save of, from Imperium. But planting a seed to make you be like, and there's another story we could do after that match with Sami Zayn, or indeed with Kevin Owens, or indeed with Kevin Owens, and um, uh, and also like it's because also it's potential Imperium tag team Giovanni Vinci coming back now. They they could make they could say you know in tag team matches and in singles Imperium as a collective have got the better of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah. So they could make a, an argument to challenge for the belt. Um, also, Riddle already looks more naked by wearing trunks rather than boxes. It's not being helped by the fact that he's got a little sock on now <laughs> as well. Um, um, also, by the way, that's, this is, it, took them, it took them long enough but they finally confirmed that this match is happening at the pay-per-view on this show. Yes. That we've all known it was. Because Matt Riddle laid out the challenge and, yeah. and Gunter accepted Finally, it. and um, they are going to batter each other and I'm into it. So we will come back to some of these bits individually, but I do want to just run down the pacing of what happened here. I did some maths on it. Yeah, please. At, at, at two hours and seven minutes into the show, we got a video promo for Carmelo Hayes. Then Finn Balor made his entrance for the Carmelo Hayes match. We then got an ad break. We then cut back to uh, Balor in the ring. We then got Alpha Academy cutting a promo on Viking Raiders who challenged them to a match next week with them sort of cutting, you know, doing bits and bobs. We then cut back to Finn Balor in the ring. We then cut to a recap of Rhea Ripley beating up Natalia a couple of weeks ago. We then cut to Natalia doing a backstage promo to set up a match with Rhea Ripley next week. Then we got a short promo for Rollins versus Finn Balor at the pay-per-view. Then Carmelo Hayes made his entrance for the Finn Balor match. And the bell rang at two hours and 17 minutes. Finn Balor from entrance to bell ring was standing there doing nothing for 10 minutes non that that's vince that is unreal that's pure vince because that's what used to happen back in the vince days like that sort of nonsense did not happen under triple h's watch because he's very good at tightening up the production it's about structure and it's all about like triple h is very good at making shows not feel like they're three hours Mm. whereas vince often makes them feel like the three hours because of nonsense nonsense like you know plotting out like this Mm. um but yeah like on the the natalia thing but actually you know alpha academy we're doing alpha academy this match so you know Minus five show, um, but I, I thought their their promo was fun. I, I thought, yeah, I thought that uh, the uh, Maxine Dupree was excellent in this, and I loved Chad Gable and his little polo shirt thing and his little hat. Yeah, and oh, he, just cycling away. Exactly, and he just so I was like, "What's our plan for next week?" And he just goes, "Pure carnage, coach." I love it. I have no notes. No. This is all so good. It's I, I think it's a similar thing with the Cody and Dom thing, where it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Like it's just such a simple little storyline, and it's doing so nicely for me. Uh, and Natalia, yeah, is having a match with Rhea Ripley next week. Because wins and losses don't matter. You can lose, be demolished, and then challenge for the belt. Yep. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, then we had the Finn Balor Carmelo Hayes match. Then we got our final Kathy Kelly appearance on Raw. <laughs> As she, and, it, and it, it was one for the record books. As she interviewed Cody. Cody, I got Kathy and Cody one more time. Yep, with the dog. With Pharaoh! So they interviewed Cody and they interviewed the dog. The door is wide open and it turned out it was a doggy door the whole time. And 
Cody said that he was tired of talking about the Judgment Day, but uh, he won't. He said Dom's not going to have Finn or Damien at ringside with him this weekend. And then he walked off, and presumably because she won't be on TV next week, the dog ate Kathy. <laughs> well, oh, she... well, if I tune into Raw next week, she's not there. I don't know what I'm supposed to think. That's the only conclusion I can jump to. I'm going to roll out my jump to conclusions, Matt, and I'm going to land right on it. She waved goodbye to Pharaoh, and it turned out she was waving goodbye to all of us. Ah, Kathy. I'm only going to show up on Saturdays now. It's going to be me, Tempest, and Sat, and I'm just going to be like, Kathy was there and leave. <laughs> We got a video promo for the uh, the Bloodline Civil War, and then our main event was Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. Crikey, Cody Rhodes sure had some adversity thrown at him this week, and he overcame all of it. All of it, because um, Dom and Rhea came out early, they interfered loads. He overcame that. Damian Priest hit his finish. Cody overcame mm. that. He overcame some more interference from Dominic Mysterio, and then he won. I just, I just love him. And I just want him to batter Dominic Mysterio. I want it to be a squash match. Like, or I want there to be some silly sports entertainment nonsense and Brandy's made the trip over to knock out Mammy and then, like, you know, off we go. But I don't know. I like it. It's done well. It's done the job. Cody in the main event makes me happy. They had a good match. Damien Priest, unfortunately, had to eat a loss. Well, so here's here's my big, bold uh, claim to make. Go on. Uh, this will be, we'll go into more of this on the, uh, the, the Money in the Bank predictions tomorrow. I think Damien Priest is winning Money in the Bank. Whoa, you've you've settled on that one. I've settled on that one, and my reason why is because he's done nothing but take the L's mm. since WrestleMania. Like he is just, he feels like he's beaten on TV almost every week. He lost at Backlash to Bad Bunny, and he's lost a couple of times on TV since. Mm. And a classic bit of WWE booking is to beat someone like a drum, then give them Money in the Bank, because the idea is that. Well, it doesn't matter that we beat them loads because now they've got the briefcase and that's a reset button. And now all of those losses are kind of stricken from the record. Interesting. The fact he has lost so much really makes me think he's winning. That is an interesting thought. Yeah, I, I'm still sticking with LA Knight, but you've made a very compelling argument there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's racking up loads of wins either. But. Well, that's it, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was your episode of Monday Night Raw this week. Three out of five? Uh, I gave it, yeah, three out of five. I thought Which... it was a totally fine episode, but it's I, as a go-home show. But, but and I made this point in the, uh, in the edited review as well. That's clearly something, much like the brand split, that I just need to let go of. Yeah. Because no one does go-home shows anymore. Right. AEW don't really do go-home shows. They mm. don't book them like their go-home shows. Triple H has never booked TV like their go-home shows. I just don't think it's a thing anymore. It's a thing we know. And also, I think it's a thing that's interesting with the... Because Triple H has famously booked the last episode before a pay-per-view to be quite bad. Um, this one was not quite bad. So as a result, I was like, pleasantly surprised i was like well done you you've done mm. all right there yeah it did it did set up the some of the, the big matches you know and also we have we have two go home shows because we have uh, smackdown, smackdown as, well. as well um but yeah but that you know for the this is the, the go home show for the for, raw, for the raw so brand like, yeah for the raw brand but it just felt like a i i call this a a paint by numbers episodes yeah with with very good resting up and down the card but broadly speaking just paint by numbers mm. totally fine bland stories happen mm. but all right um let's see if we've got any people to shout out in this fine episode we in fact do have some people to shout out um 
because if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk you can join our pledge hammers on patreon where you get exclusive content behind the scenes we've got loads of podcasts that are going up in fact tomorrow it's going to be myself and oliver davis reviewing slammiversary 2009 for wrestle talk extra as well as uncut episodes of no holds board we have got uh, early access to adam booking videos mm-hmm. we have got the behind the scenes podcast after dark podcast the mailbag podcast there's loads of all of the monday night war stuff is going up on there as well so yeah go and check that out patreon.com forward slash rest talk and if you're one of our 25 dollars and above pe- uh, pledge hammers on patreon you get your name read out on this show like these fine folks the commentator of the century vince phillips mr moneybags rich holt and a shout out to our wonderful moderators, Andy, CJ, Gaz, Ian, Jay, John, Les, and Rob. And importantly, because she never writes her name down, the mod mother Jenna. Give our moderators their claps and their flowers in the chats, please, because they are wonderful human beings and this place would fall apart <laughs> without them. Um, and they did incredible work over the weekend. Yeah, as big well, weekend. And the, we've got another one coming up. Exactly, so. during the Forbidden Door uh, coverage and the Forbidden Door review as well, and Collision the, yeah. the week before that. And yeah, you're right. It's like our third weekend in a row. You know, where we've got like doing these sort of overnight reaction yeah. things or big night over a uh, big night reactions. So please give our moderators a shout out because they are awesome. Let's get into the rest of your ultranats. Wrestle.com forward slash support. Ding, ding, ding. This is your last call. Kid Cuddy kicks it off. Said, I was in the crowd last night for my first live Raw. Dom and Rhea got booed out of the building. Cody and Priest match was fun. Got to see Gunther and Sammy beat each other up. And Mello and Finn had a great match. Great start for Mello. Looked like he belonged. Yeah, the crowd was great this week. Like, yeah. uh, to the point where I'm like, oh, wow, they're piping in these boos quite a lot. And then you look at the crowd and you see people are actually booing. Like, yeah. oh, they've just turned the volume up. Okay, great. What? Thank you to that crowd. Here's a, uh, okay, this is very much a, a small sample size thing, but something I, I've thought is but quite a little an interesting note that I, I've, I've sort of picked up over the last few months or so. So there was a period of time when AEW was massively hot. Mm-hmm. And every time that me and Ollie did uh, Dynamite reviews, we would get like five ultra chats from people being like, I was at the building. It was yeah. so much fun. I was at the building. It was so much fun. I was at the building. I had a great time. And it was every single episode. And we made the point. It was like, yeah, we never get those on WWE shows. No one ever sends us in chats to be mm. like, I was at the show and here's what I thought. We now don't get those AEW ones um, as much as we used to do. But we're getting more and more of the WWE yeah. ones. And I think that ties into, you know, Sean has been reporting on this quite a bit that, WWE's internal memos are like every show they're doing is like the best selling show they've mm-hmm. done in that area in in forever of, of all time. It's just it's an incredibly hot product mm. at the moment. It is an incredible, and the the converse to that is that um, whether it's because they're playing a lot of similar arenas or there's been a, a level of uncertainty in the company, AEW's shows aren't selling out as much as they used to. So that might that might fit into of it course, as well. Yeah, but I think that's what I mean. I, not being a hot product yeah. at the moment, like that, that, these things will happen. Yeah, and there's a lot in the WWE shows for the crowds to be active part of, like not just like cheering or. I mean, I wonder not that he's like you know the CM Punk return in AEW. The the Canadian crowd, whoa, God, they brought that match to life as well. I mean, it was a great match anyway. With the Kojima match, yeah, yeah. Kojima, but like the whoa, the the crowd really turned it into something else entirely. So I I, I would I wonder as Collision continues to grow whether or not because my best thing in the world is both being 
hot as anything. Like that's that well, that's what just, you want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin said, as for Raw, I'm really happy to see Melo having a good showing, and Gunther and Sammy was good. But it's another meh go home show. It seems like WWE isn't using TV to get you hyped for the pay per view, but rely on the card itself. Don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I just think that's the way the Triple H book shows. Mm. I think um, I I find personally anyway a lot of the time I don't watch weekly TV. Uh, like NXT, for instance, I didn't watch weekly NXT, but whenever there was a takeover, I make a point of watching it. NXT was another one. I always watch weekly TV, mm. and I, I just sort of made a habit of it. Every Thursday, I would go on my lunch when I was working at my, my previous job, and every Thursday, I would go on my lunch break, I'd take my iPad with me, and I would watch NXT. Tight one-hour show. It's a tight one-hour show, and it was just you know three or four wrestling matches mm. and maybe a handful like two angles mm. and it was very simple paint by numbers but i actually quite enjoyed it mm. as an hour that was great mm. three hours it's a bit much yeah uh charles berg said here's a question that i'm wondering who wins in a match between cut gunther and thick walter also quick praise for dan layton mark markson is the highlight of a <laughs> review anyone else who puts in the line the masturbating the student <laughs> is a winner to <laughs> me <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Cut Gunther, I think, because he's still got the striking power, but he's also quick and light. Uh, Ryan Singh says, Afternoon, guys. I would love to see Drew return as a heel at Money in the Bank and attack Seth after the match, but do you guys see the UK crowd booing Drew if he returned as a heel? No. Uh, either way, hopefully we get Drew versus Seth at SummerSlam and Drew wins the belt. One more thing. Watching it on Sunday made me realize how much Canada hate the heel doing a sharpshooter. That being said, a fun little question for you both. What do you think a wrestler could do or say to make a, criti- a British crowd boo at Money in the Bank? Ooh. Because we, the thing about Brits is that we like self-flagellating. Yeah. Like we, we enjoy taking the piss out of ourselves. I think it's, it's really funny... Uh, what like back in the day watching wwe come over to the uk and try and do the the local sports yeah heat, which does not work no. in the uk because well, like, half the time we've got two teams in the same city well that's it yeah so i remember them doing a show in manchester yeah. and like you know they had the good guys come out of manchester united t-shirts and they're yeah. kind of like boo yeah, no, uh, 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 boo that exactly yeah, yeah. And, and because they're the fans or you know mo- all manchester united fans live in london so it, it's fine you live in london yeah but the rest of my family don't <laughs> <laughs> but like so i, I always somebody bring, get the map out <laughs> or you know i remember like back in the day uh during the actual year and stuff with a tiger rally sing come out being yeah. like well i'm indian i guess so boo me because yeah. you've got you immigration like i'm a taxi driver and all this sort of stuff and it's they never get it right like it what would you boo what would you say or do to make brits boo you tbay services like, is a pile of crap and i'm like oh, boo that sit in the middle of the ring and put your jam on your scone first rather than putting the clotted cream on but there are places but even there even places even there are places there. in the uk where that is the done thing yeah like, we like to take the piss out of ourselves it's just i don't know yeah i, I even if you if you went in there we're like oh fish and chips are crap mm. there'd be people like yeah, i don't like a bad sausage but there are some people who <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to even think of like a celebrities were generally speaking. If you if you if you came out and shit on Mary Berry, I think a few people would be quite cross with you about yeah. that. Yeah, That's our grandma. Yeah, I'm trying to think of you. Who are like our national treasures? Yeah, Claudia Winkleman, obviously. You know, Carol uh, Vorderman. Carol Carol Vorderman. Yeah. Um, I mean, but there's some some after that don't like Vords. Yeah, but the people who don't like Vords because of her politics like Vords because she wears tight leather trousers. Oh, maybe there is that. Yeah, there's a crossover. They got very conflicted. They're having a very <laughs> conflicted time at the moment. <laughs> It's a tricky wank, but they get through it. <laughs> um, I mean, so, some suggestions here. Uh, cricket sucks. I don't think that's going to no, work. No, cricket's well boring. Cricket is well boring. Yeah. Uh, 
no one to berate Greg's. Yeah, I mean, you could. That you know, most people like a Greg's. Oh, do you know what? Bring Boris out. Oh, that would get <laughs> nuclear heat at the moment. Are you joking? Yeah. Maybe that is the answer. Oh, the only thing to get. Because yeah, I mean, even like if you... people are like, oh, dog on the royal family. No, no. Because, like it's a very split thing here in the UK as well. It's like I, not, I not don't lot... mind them, but yeah, I know so a lot I've, of people who do. I've, I've I've got no issue with the royal family, but yeah. I don't I don't love them either. No. But like I know there are some people who are massive royalists, but I know there are a lot of people who are anti-royalists. Mm. We are we as a country are we're we're just not like America. To get we aren't we aren't like that because the flag doesn't do anything for us either. To get actual real visceral heat. What you would have to do is go on Love Island, be in a couple for three weeks, and then dump them. And then you'll get nuclear heat. But, but even this series is rubbish. But even then, there are people that hate Love Island. So, oh, actually, do you know what? Because they hate Love Island, they would just hate them regardless. They Island, because they stop. were on Love Island, yeah. full stop. So maybe, may- maybe that's it. Maybe that's the way you find something that, like, yeah, you either, you find a show that some people love, but you can be a bad guy mm. on, but also people absolutely hate. Mm. That's the only way forward. Because even, like, Mod Mother's suggestion today would be, like, you know, say that Harry and Meghan did nothing wrong. Trust me, there oh. are people in this country that just, like, that hate. Either hate Harry and Megan, I hate but, the suggestion that Harry and Megan are anything but perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's it's we're all split. We're a divided nation. We're a scissor dial. Oh, okay. Here's the answer. James Corden. <laughs> He's American now, anyway. It doesn't really matter. Well, that's what I mean. James Corden. Come, James Corden coming out to be like, I'm from Essex. Who be like, I, get out of the ring, yeah, get out of the yeah. building. We hate you. You're rubbish. Yeah, that's so funny. Um. So yeah, that's what you could do. Uh, if you want to get heat with me, uh, have a pop at Pie and Chip, and I'll, I'll probably have a I'll probably have a boo of you. Um. Where do we get to? Uh, this was a missed one from our Forbidden Door review that just said, Canadian Pete here said, when Osprey licked the blood off his arm, all the women in our section got disgusted. My girlfriend said, well, I hope that's catch up. That's really funny. Uh, Kevin here said, couldn't be here yesterday because of work, so I watched the pay-per-view last night. Move away, Triple H versus Taker at WrestleMania 28. Kenny and Will has become my favorite match ever. Even with the callous running, those lads put on a performance that made me go nuts. Forbidden overall was a banging show with four of my favorite matches of the year. The Fatal four-way the 10-man tag and a card of brian everything else was either good or fantastic like i expected the aew new japan crossover continues to deliver uh kevin he also adds here finally i got to thank i want to thank you guys uh, uh pete for your coverage of forbidden door i know it's easy to say block the noise but i think most people appreciate your work let's support each other and be better humans gem that germ much love hh wait <laughs> uh we've got this one here that's a good point everyone let's all love each other just like things and be nice to each other support each other Matt Hennessy said also guys I'm going to be attending Smackdown this Friday and Money in the Bank on Saturday also going to be attending all in this year making trips from Ireland to the UK not once but twice an exciting time to be in a wrestling fan some great stuff on I mean you're going to Smackdown yeah wait I'm I'm, I'm holding my breath in case it hasn't been confirmed but I might have just snuck into Smackdown at the last minute literally as we were walking to the podcast studio my friend was texting me so there might be a chance I'm going to go to Smackdown and in that case I'll see a tag team match with Pretty Deadly and Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens and Charlotte Asker. And then I've got tickets to All In. Yes, you have. As yeah. well. And we've got Money in the Bank. We've got... It's just... It is... It's a great time. The children are being fed. Uh, we have an unknown user here. It's a Stream Lab issue. Please do let our moderators know who said, it's time for a women's only NXT style show. The Becky Trish story writing has been awesome i agree it has been i my only hesitancy with the idea of a a women's only show or a women's only hour where evolution was something that was a big statement and actually i quite enjoyed that is it the sort of thing where you were separating separate but equally you'd be more inclined to not watch that hour if you didn't want to watch the women's wrestling rather than 
seeing it. I don't know. It's it's for me even even like a cruiserweight hour. Mm-hmm. When you when you provide a sole hour that exists separately to everything else, is it? encouraging you to watch it or is it giving you an excuse to not watch it it's yeah. a very difficult thing to to walk i think the solution honestly is take raw down to two hours and just make those two hours tight i think that's literally the only way to to, to do it um or fill your three hours with some great stuff just space it out and structure better because triple h is good at structuring yeah know? Uh, Michael here. Uh, I don't quite know the answer to your first question, which is about uh, what happens to Vince's shares once uh, he passes. No idea. That'd be a question for their board of directors. Uh, uh, They add here, I teach ninth graders and just realized that their middle school years were quarantine wrestling years while ours were original DX. That sucks. Uh, Since I teach, I watch 12 hours later. Ollie stopped watching Raw. uh, Sucked. Then graced us with Dan. Luke breaks our hearts by saying it's Dan's last day and replaced him with Chopper. Chop did two weeks and now Dan's back. Also, what happened with the box? What have I missed? Well, the box, that got revealed a month and a bit ago. It's the new, it's the support wrestle talk bumper. Yeah, which is good. Which was in the box, and Dan's back. Hey, because uh, yeah, because we love Dan. Thanks. We want to see Dan back. I like being, I like being in this chair. Uh, and that is all of our ultra chat. So I'm going to quickly end the poll uh, and see what people thought of this episode of Monday Night Raw, which only got seven percent thumbs down, thirty-seven percent thumbs in the middle, fifty-four percent thumbs up. I think it's hard to hate it. I think I mean, there was not a lot in there where you're like that was objectively bad. I can understand people finding it mid, but yeah, I mean, I didn't didn't dislike any of it. You know, um, I, I didn't like it as much as I liked last week's, but I did like it. Hmm. Make fun of how you say aluminium. What you mean yeah, well, correctly. correctly. Oh, you spell it wrong. Aluminium. Aluminium. Get out. Come on, grow up. Right, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the show. Thank you all so much for joining us. Please do press the subscribe button if this is your first time here. You made it this far. Give us a little thumbs up. How was the algorithm? Leave a comment down below. Let us know what you thought of Monday Night Raw. We will see you tomorrow. It's a busy week here. Join mm-hmm. us tomorrow. It's Money in the Bank predictions. Then on Thursday, it will be AEW Dynamite. Possibly even with a little bit of extra Fight Forever gameplay well, in there as well. Because maybe we'll just, you know, we'll do the review. And then we'll play Fight Forever for a little bit. Uh, and then on Friday, something Money in the Bank related should also be dropping here on this very channel. Then on Saturday, it is our live coverage of Money in mm-hmm. the Bank. Live from the Long Arm Pub and uh, Brewery in Shoreditch. And then on Sunday, it will be our Money in the Bank review. And then on Monday, you and Laurie Blake will be reviewing AEW Collision. There you go. How about that? So it is a... And then on Tuesday, it's Raw again. Yeah, and we're back. And we're back. We're back to the full week. So no days off. Ever. No days off. It's a busy old time here. There are videos going up every single day so please do subscribe and we will see you for all of them because i have been going dad that has been the professor dan layton jam that jam Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.